Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. This episode of On Deck has sponsored. There's links in the description down below, and we'll talk about it later on during the podcast. But let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to On Deck. I'm Bill. That's the Fox. Fox, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Oh, man. Uh, you know. You know how it is. It's Thanksgiving time. Uh, I, I've been laying around, not really doing much and it's been really awesome, but I'm always excited to get back and, and talk about video games some more. Uh, so let's get started and talk about some PC gaming. Um, l- let's start things off today with what's on deck. What have we been playing? What game have you been playing lately? Uh, so the game that I've been playing lately is, uh, Skyrim of all games, um, replaying it again. Um, but I'm doing it uh, entirely cloud-based. I'm using uh, Xbox's xCloud. Okay. Um, so, you, and you're streaming it to your Steam Deck mostly, but but other places as well? Yeah, so I've been playing almost exclusively portably when I do xCloud stuff. I have been, so 90% of it is xCloud-based, but I've been either doing it on my Steam Deck, I've been doing it on all the other devices that I've been getting in, so right. the RG. Level five lately, I did on my Retroid Pocket Three, um, the, my GPD XB Plus, which I keep around. Kind of just like sprinkle them around my house and uh, just pick up and play anywhere, which has been kind of awesome to play Skyrim that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because it's very quickly to just like, okay, what type of quest do I have, and I can kind of just like chip away at it. And um, I've been doing this for a while now. I want to say almost like two months. And um, pretty far along, um, level 63, um, going through the Dawnguard DLC right now. Um, but yeah, it's like literally almost all of it has been streaming via Xbox's xCloud. And it's um, it's an interesting experience. I just wanted to kind of like embrace what that was like. The one interesting bit that I will say is um, I have said I've been playing 90% on cloud. I did install it on my Xbox Series X um, just to kind of, like, play between them. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing is on PC, if you install the Game Pass version on PC, it's the PC version of Skyrim. It's not the Xbox version of Skyrim. So the saves don't carry over. (sighs) That sucks. Yeah. But the xCloud version does save compatibility with the Xbox console. So they have an alignment more with the console side. The interesting thing is is that when I play on the Xbox Series X and I load a game, I get no error whatsoever. When I play on xCloud, it says these assets aren't here. Normally, whenever you install mods on Skyrim and stuff, it's like, this isn't loaded on your machine, so we can't load it. Right. So there is a discrepancy, but it is still running the... It's still pulling Xbox save files, which is interesting. Um, but I wouldn't have noticed that if I didn't play on the Xbox Series X at any given time. So I think that's like the only fly in the ointment is that I wish that it was save com- save cross save between PC, Xbox, and cloud. It's just Xbox and cloud. So 
I guess from their point of view is if there's a separate PC version, the cloud will align with the console, which in my opinion is ideal, the best um, in terms of like friction, right? Of just mm-hmm. like they really have done a fantastic job of like just I don't pay attention to where my saves are going. I just save the game and I quit. Yeah. And then I pick it up somewhere else and it just whenever whatever I'm doing, it's like syncing my saves. I'm like, OK, let me wait five seconds and it does it. So it's been it's been great. Um, kind of just like finding myself. It's funny because it's a very large game, right? It's a very big open world game that you have to sink hundreds and hundreds of hours into. Yeah. But I've been finding myself because I have these pockets of time and I can just instantly just jump into it that I have now the time for it because typically I don't. Um, I haven't played Skyrim in, I don't know, years, like on right. PC. And just with how busy everything has been, I've not really found myself having the time to like, okay, let me sit down on my PC, start this up and, and get going. Because usually when I'm at this desk, I'm either doing my real life work or I'm doing uh, YouTube stuff. So it's um, it's been really awesome. But I also have the benefit that I have like 30 devices that I can play <laughs> this thing on. And I literally have it all over the place. I have it in, I have devices in each bathroom. I have them on my couch. <laughs> I have it on my coffee table. I like have them literally all over my all over my house. It's like okay, I can instantly get into it. So it's <laughs> uh, pretty silly, but I've been jumping between different handhelds um, and playing. Listen, I don't know if you're aware, but these devices are all portable. You could just carry one around with you. You don't have to have thirty of them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I keep them because you know I have to. But um, yeah, yeah. I just kind of sprinkle them around. Um, yeah, so it's been – that's what I've been playing. So I've been playing a super old game and um, kind of like, man, I can't wait for Starfield. I'm like so like just like surrounding myself in Bethesda games. Um, but other than that, um, oh, Vampire Survivors, I, I played through. I got every achievement on that. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, that was – that's a, a thing that just – it's so quick to start. Mm-hmm. And it sucks you in. So, uh, but I finished that like a month ago, a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. I've been just been playing either the new hotness or super old Skyrim. Yeah. Um, I feel like the sky, like the open world style of game lends itself perfectly to portable systems because you can, especially if that portable system has a button that you can just put it to sleep and then pick it back up later, exactly where you left off that lends itself to playing those games and actually being able to complete them. Like, for example, I have 200 hours in Breath of the Wild. I beat that game twice. I love that game. That is my favorite game of all time. Even though it's my favorite game of all time, there's no way that I would have that much time in it if it didn't if it didn't live on that portable system where I could just uh, either be sitting at my desk and playing it or sitting on the couch and playing it or just having it in my backpack when I'm when I'm someplace and being able to pull that out. And that's the kind of game that normally scares me off. But on a portable system, I feel like it's so, uh, way more approachable, in my opinion. So I totally get why you would have uh, Skyrim uh, on 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 whatever portable systems that you're playing. It's interesting that you're playing it on the cloud when I, w- I would guess that it would save 
um, like, like it, it would just run locally just fine. It's such an old game, you know. Uh, but you're playing it on the cloud for that convenience, uh, which is you know one of the main reasons that I love the Steam Deck is because it's so convenient. Yeah, uh, truth be told, I'm doing it for uh, one main reason. I've already played it on PC mm-hmm. and I never played it on Xbox. The primary reason that I started playing it outside of just like, you know, I want to play a Bethesda game um, is Xbox achievements. Um, that's literally it. Like I would have just played on PC again, but I already have a save on PC where I'm just like, you know, godlike supreme. And I was just right. like, you know what? I kind of just bum rushed to this game and I did it before all the DC uh, DLC came out. So let me just kind of redo everything and f- feel like what that's what that's like, but get Xbox achievements. So that's pretty much what that's been like. Um, but to your point, like uh, when Uncharted came out, I literally played through all of Uncharted 4 in like 20 ish hours. And it was just super satisfying to just put it to sleep and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah it's uh, I I still wish there was an official version of Steam OS that it could be installed on on other handles because other like the Ioneo stuff would really benefit a lot mm-hmm. from that. Um, the GPD stuff because it has a full mouse and keyboard, it's a little bit more fine on Windows and still you know sleeps works just fine as well on Windows as well. But SteamOS is just instant. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like you know, little eyeball wakes up and you're back in it. Um, I really would. I, I'm hopeful that SteamOS official comes out because the Hollow ISO that's out there, you can mess around with it, but then like TDP and all that other stuff isn't working. It's just not ideal. So, if I could get my content creation stuff all onto my Mac, then I would wipe my PC and install SteamOS in a heartbeat because it's such a great experience uh, for gaming. It really is. It is, yeah. But. I've got a I've got an M1 um, Mac Mini that I do all of my video editing on and stuff like that, and it just for like streaming and uh, recording through OBS, it just doesn't handle it nearly as well as my big my my, my big PC because my PC has that uh, um, Nvidia graphics card that is specifically made for recording and streaming stuff in OBS, so. Uh, if I could just get my Mac to do all that stuff, I would instantly put OBS or not OBS, uh, Steam OS, uh, three point whatever on my on my machine and just have it be a console because to me, console gaming is just so much easier and and that feels more like console gaming. Even if you can do the whole thing where you load up the new big, big picture mode and stuff, um, like that's not quite there and. I don't know what's up with Windows 11, but Steam runs like garbage on Windows 11. Like, I click it, and it just sits there for a second. It's like, I'm not sure what you want me to do. And I'm like, come on. All my other Windows are very responsive, except for Steam on Windows 11. I cannot figure it out. Uh, and anybody, There's going to be a bunch of people in the comments. They're going to be like, well, don't use Windows 11. Go back to Windows 10. I know, but I like to try new things. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. 
Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of On Deck is sponsored by Ugreen. Ugreen makes a lot of the things that make using our devices easier, more convenient, and better. Let's say you got your Steam Deck with you and you're going on a trip someplace. You want to bring a charger that doesn't take up too much space. Maybe you want to be able to hook up your Steam Deck to a TV while you're there. Well, Ugreen has you covered with their 65-watt travel charger. This thing is really, really small. The plugs fold in, so it's not going to scratch up anything inside your bag. And it can charge at up to 65 watts for a single device. You can also plug other devices into it, too. It has two USB-C ports and a USB-A port, which means... You could charge all your stuff overnight. Now, let's say you want to dock your Steam Deck in the hotel that you're staying at. That is going to be super easy with this Ugreen 7-in-1 USB-C hub. It features 4K60 HDMI port, gigabit Ethernet, a USB-C charging port, which will pass through up to 100 watts of power delivery. It also has SD card readers, two USB 3.0 ports. It's small, it's light, it doesn't take up a whole lot of room in your bag. It's the perfect travel dock for your Steam Deck. So if you want to make traveling with your Steam Deck even easier, click on the links in the description down below, support our sponsors, and you're supporting the channel. That's it. Back to the show. Anyway, you talked about playing old games. I've been playing an extremely old game, uh, Baldur's Gate 2. Uh, (laughs) I was listening to uh, a podcast, uh, the retro... Shoot, I don't remember the name of the show. It's Scott Johnson and Brian Dunaway's show uh, about... Uh, retro games and they did an uh, an episode about Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2 and they were talking about it I was like oh I wonder how those would play on Steam Deck cuz those are very mouse keyboard centric games uh, it plays great um you know you just use the right trackpad to be your mouse or if you put your thumb on the on the joystick you can use gyro in order to mouse around uh but it it, it plays great and uh it's it's really cool going back to those super super old school games and again this is a many hundred hour commitment to play a game like Baldur's Gate which I'm sure I'll get 10 hours into and get distracted from um but it's awesome on deck because of that that sleep that sleep wake feature if Valve didn't ship the the Steam Deck with that sleep wake feature it would not have gotten the reception that it's getting I think uh yeah it's you know it's it's really interesting seeing the the sales numbers, but I'll, I'll for take a step back. How is the the font readability, text readability on Baldur's Gate two on the Steam Deck? So I'm playing the enhanced edition. I think uh-huh. yeah, I'm playing the enhanced edition, and then the enhanced edition has uh f- like you can change the font size. Oh, okay, that's like critical for me. I feel like Baldur's Gate three. I don't know if they fixed that yet, but I played on handhelds, and the text would be so tiny. I'm just like, this is this is a non-starter. I can't. I think for me, one of the things that I love that Steam Deck has been getting so much traction is that there are now eyeballs uh, from developers that are like, how does this play on a smaller device? Right. You know, how does the readability? And um, I know that one of the like verification things is like having that. Uh, also, apart from like, you know, it was interesting to me, and I often forget it, like Miles Morales, I was covering that. Um when I went to the Steam input side and I was like, Oh, let me just map my web slinger to my touchpad. And I was like, let me just mount, uh, mount uh, a sign right bumper to the touchpad. And I did it, and I was pressing the touchpad, and nothing was happening. I was like, oh, why is that working? I was like, oh, because Steam Input just directly says that stuff. Like, it's like, 
do Web Slinger for this action. Oh, not right. Because it is supporting this. actual yeah. Steam input. It's not doing the kludge. Yeah. 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 So I was like, oh, right, 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 right. I, I totally forgot because in my head, I'm always like trying to work around stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that type of stuff. Also, just the haptic trackpad itself, just how much it feels like a trackball. So playing mm-hmm. other trackball stuff. But I mean, like there's like things like that that just all around. It's a really good handheld. Um, and it deserves all the, the praise it's been getting. Um but it, it's it's interesting to see because you look at the sales numbers of the Steam Deck and every other handheld and um, yeah, like the Logitech G Cloud, right? I think that's sold more. I don't have any info, but I, because it's in Best Buy and it's in places, the amount of units sold is going to just far outpace any of the other handhelds that are out there. And it's um, unfortunate, but understand understandable. So like. I can understand why the Steam Deck has sold so much already, um, but um, I want it to get to like 10 million units. I want it to hit 10 million units because I think 10 million is like that milestone of like, oh, crap, we we absolutely have to pay attention to this now, which companies are, but it's not this universal like we have to target this because, as you said, SteamOS 3 really is the most console-like PC experience you could possibly have. And I know that there's like compatibility things that people, you know, like modern warfare is not going to run on it and other things. So it's like, there are things that you're like, well, I'm not going to be able to play this and I want to, uh, but for the amount of games that you can play on it, it's just really, really convenient and nice. Absolutely. And I do think that, that valve will hit that number once they get, I think that they're going to put this thing in stores. Uh, I, I think that's a foregone conclusion, uh, after they get it rolled out to more places and they can reliably um, meet demand all the time. Like I had some people leaving comments on, I think my last podcast and they were saying that they were seeing like the 64 gigabyte version go out of stock and like they had to like click a thing to like get in line. Essentially I opened that up. I didn't see that, but Remember, it's different regions, and and so, um, you know, I don't know where those people were, but if Valve has the issues, even like slight issues, getting these things into stores, I think it doesn't. It just doesn't do as well. It has to be where you go in, you, and I I know PlayStation and Xbox can't do this either, uh, but you should you need you need to be able to just walk in, and it's always there on the shelf, and you can grab one and buy it. Yeah, and, yeah, no, it's go ahead. critical. No, no, yeah, it's critical. It's a critical feature. Having a demo station set up so that people can mm-hmm. actually see it. There's a lot of people that have not been on Steam. And if you're not there, you're not seeing the Steam Deck. Maybe you'll see something else, but if it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, so, yeah, having a demo station up on, in these stores is is critical. And it, it's, it, it's a little tough to get it into, like, video game stores like GameStop because I can see why GameStop would be, like, we sell this. People aren't aren't like they they don't come here to buy Steam games. Yeah. So like that's that's I, I don't know if we'll see it there. But a place like Best Buy, they don't really care. They have so much different like their store is so differentiated that they can pretty much sell anything and it'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm in agreement there. Um, it's. Yeah. 
I think the only thing that we'd have to see is that it can't come in that brown box anymore. It has to have a little bit more of a a fancier presentation for a box instead of just like, here's your box with a little companion cube on it just so you know that it's that. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, most people, they don't know what the companion cube is. I do agree with that. It needs to have, like, like color, like a, a color picture of the Steam Deck on the outside, uh, maybe with some uh, logos for games that you can play, like Cyberpunk 2077, Hades, Skyrim. You know, you put those games on there, games that are not on the Nintendo Switch. Well, Hades is and Skyrim is, but you get the picture. Um, yeah. You, you got to be able to differentiate it in some way. And yeah, you're right. That packaging is terrible. <laughs> It's it's utilitarian, right? Yes. Like even like everything getting like, oh, okay, this is that, no big deal. But uh, it's not for brick and mortar shops at all. Maybe they could just make a sleeve, um, a, you know, to yep. instantly, yeah, just to kind of solve that. But that is one thing that I think would be the next step into getting bigger numbers. And for me, I feel like ten million is a number where, like, you know, Destiny, uh, well, Bungie and Activision, they're like, oh, you know what? Let's let's get our anti cheat working on Steam Deck. Um, you know, because that the numbers where they can't ignore it anymore. Yeah. And I would also, I would also really like to see, like, like you said, with a kiosk, like throw aperture desk job in there. That's going to sell so many steam. Yes. Yeah. Just because it teaches you what all the different controls do. Cause most people are going to look at that thing and they're going to be like, what the hell is these weird squares? And that that's, that's an oddball thing that I think needs to be demoed. But the other thing is usually with those kiosks, you can't bend and twist the, the object that you're, you're testing. So who knows? Anyway, uh, let's talk about some sales. Uh, usually every week I try and have a deals on deck, uh, section to the show. And I went looking for at the steam autumn sale and I picked out three games that I think are really, really good deals for games that I have played a ton and adore these games. Um, two of them absolutely will run great on the deck. The third one I'm not so sure about, and I, I ran into a problem with it. So uh, I looked at Valkyria Chronicles 4, which I have not picked up yet because I already own that. And so I'm like convincing myself to spend another 10 bucks on a game just so that I can play it on my Steam Deck just seems kind of wasteful. But at the same time, I really want it. I have some time to make a decision before I do because that game is awesome. If you haven't played it, it is a turn-based, mixed-with-real-time strategy game uh, featuring like anime characters or whatever. Uh, and it's it's kind of like set in like like a a fake Europe, if that makes sense. It's really good. Have you had a chance to to play any of the Valkyria Chronicles games? Yeah, I I actually have played part four. Uh, not on Steam Deck, but on like the Win Three. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I played it a while ago. I kind of um, I bounced off of it. I maybe did like three or four campaigns or whatever, like different like settings that you're kind of going through um it didn't it's good like you know a tactical strategy type of turn-based thing um but it didn't scratch any particular itch for me where i felt like i had to go back to it Mm -hmm. but presentation style i can understand why people like it the game is fine it's just that um 
there was one like a, there was a launch 3ds game that came out from ubisoft that had that tactical top-down view and it was just quicker and i don't know there's something that i just bounced off of it um i do think it's a good game it's just that something that didn't quite grip me mm-hmm. uh, but it might have been that i just been super busy and i didn't give it the proper time yeah i do that all the time where i play a game everybody's raving about it and i'm like that's cool but i'm i got distracted and never never really got into it so uh, that's a lot of the the stuff in my library. The next one I've got hundreds of hours into, and that is Monster Hunter Rise. That's currently twenty bucks. It's always they, like they always have that game on sale though, so uh, you don't need to rush out and pick it up if you haven't. But man, I love Monster Hunter Rise. It is my favorite Monster Hunter game. Capcom nailed it with this game. Did you ever get a chance to play uh, Monster Hunter? I own them. I haven't really sunk any time into it monster hunter world i probably put a few hours into uh but never to the point where i should have especially with like some of the gifs that you see of like people just doing some like really cool (laughs) combat stuff like man that looks way better than what i was doing (laughs) yeah so no i never i never gave it the proper time um but again this is monster hunter is like this is also one in the time that I was really focusing on indie games mostly because indie games were just conceptual games that would be like two to four hours. Mm-hmm. And Monster Hunter is one of those games that I knew that'd just be hundreds of hours. And it's just like, I, this is not something that I've per- previously given time to. It's something that I should, but it's just too busy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if, if you do pick it up uh, or if you do play it, I would, I honestly, I would say, and there's going to be people that disagree with me, but I would honestly say skip Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter Rise is is better. That's my opinion. Uh, I've said that before, and you know, people will leave comments. They'll be like, "Monster Hunter Rise is for smooth brains" or some stupid nonsense like that. The game is really fun, and that's all that I care about. Monster Hunter World looks way better. Like it's a much prettier game. They um, they went for a more realistic look, but Rise was originally made for the Switch, and so. You know, it, they can't go for that same realism, but I would highly recommend that. Now, the third game that I would recommend that's on sale for the Steam Autumn sale um, is Elder Scrolls Online. It's six bucks, and for six bucks, you're going to get hundreds of hours of gameplay for six bucks. That game is huge. It's incredibly fun. The combat is fantastic, and there's a lot of customization to your character, which I really like, but... I went to reinstall it this morning. I can't get it to install on the Steam Deck. Like, Hmm. I go to my library, because I already own it, and I went down to Elder Scrolls Online, and I I hit A on the install button. I tap the install button. I do all of the... Every way that I can interact with that install button, nothing happens. So I was like, that's really weird. And so I went and I looked at... Another game that was like a a small game because I was like, I don't want to wait for something to download. And I went to this other small game. I hit the button. Pops up. Do you want to install it? Where do you want to install it? Elder Scrolls Online will not let me download it to the Steam Deck, which is really strange because I I installed it before on the Steam Deck. Have you ever run into that issue? Uh, No. The only thing I would they would possibly maybe go to desktop mode and open up steam and desktop mode and install it that way. Yeah. See if it, you can it that way or uh steam play uh proton compatibility. 
those are the only two things that I've never had an issue where I clicked install and it never did anything. Uh, that is odd. Yeah, I cannot figure it out. I am on a preview, but it's only for that game. <laughs> so I don't. I can't say whether or not it runs on Steam Deck. I I was I saw some like one of my one of the people that I know. Um, they recently installed it on their Steam Deck, and then they said, "Hey, and everything's working just fine." Like they were able to play it. So I was like, "I'm going to try it again," and it's not working for me. So I don't know what the issue is. If you guys know, let me know in the comments uh, down below if you're watching this over on the YouTube channel. All right. Uh, do you have any games that jumped out to you as, like, really good deals on the autumn sale? Uh, so uh, I I, I just quickly looked at it. My problem is is that I have too many games on Steam. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I go to look, I just have... I have over 10,000 Steam games. So when, because I haven't played all of them, I, my barrier of like, should I buy this is very, very high. Um, so I look at historical lows of games as like my first avenue of like looking at something. Um, but no, it's, unless it's like a new game sale wise, uh, I have nothing that I bought. I haven't bought anything. Uh, for, I would say ESO is great and speed like Skyrim and ESO type of talk. I, one of the things that I don't like about Skyrim is that at any given time, you can just say, you know what? I want to move my difficulty slider to the left and my, my level I'm level 63 right now, but it doesn't really matter because at any given time I could make that level not matter. And ESO doesn't have a difficulty slider because it's massively multiplayer and everyone needs to kind of be that level matters. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that Skyrim has this thing that I personally don't like, but I know a lot of people love the difficulty slider. But ESO being very RPG focused in that sense that your level dictates what type of difficulty you're going to have. RPGs already have a difficulty balance built into them by your level cap, but also the um, like when you're fighting enemies they they have a, an indicator of their range or how they're going to attack so there's lots of small feature enhancements to ESO that I like over Skyrim so I would just say 6 bucks for ESO if you've not played that yet definitely get in on that so I would just piggyback on what you're saying there um I think it it's fantastic and I'll probably after I'm done with Skyrim probably jump into ESO yeah and the one one cool thing about ESO that I really like the way that they did that is I know that you said your level matters and it it does matter, but it doesn't dictate where you go because the yeah. world changes based on what level you are essentially. So like if you're, if you're level one, then the monster that you're fighting is going to, you know, have a hundred hit points. And if you're level two, then maybe it'll have 200 hit points. And they do that so that, you know, maybe the Fox is level, I don't know. I can't remember 83 or something. And I'm level two we can still play together, which is awesome. I always hated it in, in like world of Warcraft. Right. Like I was like level, I don't know. I think I was in level 90 or something. And my son would make a new character and we couldn't hang out. I would have to go make a new character too. And he would get bored after, you know, 20 minutes and be like, I want to try a hunter now. And so then I would have to make a new character again. I want to try it, you know, and we he would keep changing, but it would just be so much better 
if I could just stay on my main character and still hang out with him, I think that helps broaden the game and makes it less of a uh, you got to you got to rush to end game in order to participate. You know what I mean? Right. So I I have the only parts of I'm only like level eight or ten in mm-hmm. ESO. And going through it, I was like, oh, this is great. This is exactly how I wanted Skyrim to be. So I haven't gone on to later levels or partnered with anyone that was different levels with me. Um, so I'm oblivious to that fact. My only concern was like, if I'm level five and I go over to a region that is like level 20, I'm going to get slaughtered. And that is a general RPG trope. Um, and in Skyrim, it's just like, you can just be like, you know what? Let me just make this mm-hmm. easier. Yeah. And now I can go fight that giant for some, you know, arbitrary reason. Um, <laughs> Remember that first time I ran into a giant? <laughs> oh, man, that was great. <laughs> Just way up in yeah. the air. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, to um, uh, Skyrim, especially when you have the first person view to kind of like go back to like retro games, uh, Kingsfield PS1 from software. Uh, made Kingsfield and they just drop you straight into the game. There is no instruction. They're just like, go. And if you make a left, you're going to get just destroyed by this like squid that is just like pound you in two. And you're like, wow, I just instantly died. Let me not go in that direction. I go to the right mm-hmm. and fight stuff that's easier. So I love that thing about Skyrim is like, oh, there's a giant. Let me go see if I can. Oh, nope. I went 3000 feet into the air after mm-hmm. you slammed me. I enjoy that aspect of RPGs where it's just like, okay, that character looked like he was too much for me, and he was. Now I know. And there's this sense of apprehension that you're like, okay, what is this encounter going to do? Um, But now in Skyrim, I'm just, I went for like enchanting and um, smithing. So I'm just like this uber tank. It's like the most ridiculous build. Like, I'm, I have vampire powers. My sneak is outrageous. I'm an archer. I'm a master mage. <laughs> this is like I have heavy armor that doesn't affect me at all. And it is absurd, but I enjoy it. I just like all this like power that I've gained mm-hmm. is like um, I just enjoy the feeling. And then going back to like level one zone and just be like, hey, rat, you remember me? <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to patch notes. Uh, not a huge patch this week but uh, we have uh, on november 21st uh, they put out a client update and there's something very interesting in here so last last episode i talked about the idea that they made it so that if you're using a non um if you're playing on something like a third-party controller that they could emulate touch on the on the thumbstick by just sensing if you, it was outside the dead zone and they said, so now they've made that as touch, but this this patch seems like they've changed that. Maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but here's what it says. Um, oh, where did it go? Fixed controller. No, not that one. Added left and right stick deflection as an option for gyro activation buttons. Stick deflection is no longer considered a part of touch cap sense on Steam Deck. So why I cannot figure out why like why are they separating touch from stick deflection because they're both essentially this they're both essentially doing the same thing they're just 
detecting whether or not you are moving the stick at all, but they've changed it after a week. Do you do you, do you see why why they would do that? Uh, outside of, I mean, that's a dense sentence to try to parse. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm trying to like visually um, uh, conceptualize this in my head, and I'm trying to wrap my head around why that would be the case. Outside of like using it and. I would have to say that gyro is an area for me that I have not – I bounce off it very quickly. Mm. I don't give it this, the time of day. And I really – especially like Flickstick, I need to give it more more time because I see people just being excellent with gyro, like in terms of just aiming. And mm-hmm. that's just like I I have to give it more time. Uh, so I can't – I can't wrap my head around what is happening in a conceptual sense because I'm, I have very little experience with gyro based input mm-hmm. because of how I just operate. Um, yeah. and I need, so I have no real input that I could possibly give here. I, I just find it weird. Cause last week they said, if the stick is outside the, the dead zone, we're going to count that as touch. Right. And now they're saying, if the stick is outside of the dead zone, we're not going to count as touch. We're going to make this new category that is stick deflection. And it just seems like a weird change, and I can't figure out why. But that's okay. It doesn't mean that that we have to figure out why. It might also be so that you could maybe put thumbstick caps on your on your Steam Deck, and that maybe they wouldn't be compatible with touch. I don't know. Mm. It's weird. Um, but yeah, it's curious. I'm um, like. I have no like maybe rings of radius in terms of how much deflection for gyro input be- between because how would you how would you pro- possibly say okay you're pushing the analog stick a little bit we're going to count this as touch but not as analog input or are you doing both at the same time they're probably yeah. doing both at the same time and like if it's outside of its dead zone then and you're using the gyro for whatever reason, it's probably, okay, well, we can sense that they're trying to like aim at something. So uh, that's going to be the more sensitive part, but uh, boy, you know what it makes me wish? It makes me wish that we would get a steam controller too, like a third uh, or a first party steam controller that has all the stuff that the steam deck has. So that when we dock our steam deck and want to play a game on TV, we have all of the same buttons and input methods that we have on the steam deck. And I, like I made a video saying that I think, think that next year valve is going to be releasing a steam controller two alongside with a steam console, just based on the fact that you, you dock the steam deck and suddenly you don't have those back buttons. You don't have the touch pads. You don't have touch capacitive thumbsticks. Right. And now, like, you can't play the games that you were playing them the, w- the way that you were before. And that's a bad experience, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Um, there was um, there there is this website that takes a look at, like, kernel logs of stuff. And they have a look at the successor to the Van Gogh. Um, so mm-hmm. the Phoenix. So the thing that's interesting from that article uh, is that it's TDP is really high. It's like 35 watt and Steam Deck doesn't go up to there and it doesn't need, necessarily need to go up that much, but it would make more sense. When I was first thinking of the Phoenix chip, I was thinking of Deckard uh, initially, mm-hmm. 
But as a Steam machine, especially with that high TDP, it would make more sense for a console-only version um, and having a you know Steam controller too. So the, I could see that area for that particular TDP because it's too high for a portable machine. Um, so that would make sense to use that newer chip in a, you know, Steam OS 3 is this resurgence of the idea of Steam machines. Right. And I think Valve was like, well, let's let other people do it. But because they had to make money on it, it was just this like, and also Steam OS 2 wasn't very good. Uh, they're right. in a better position now. But I think that they understand that they need to also be um, eating the cost a bit because cost does obviously matter. And if they could get a console that doesn't have a screen, doesn't have all the other stuff, they can actually minimize the cost on that as well and get this out there for maybe like 200 bucks. And you'd have a really compelling um, newer console that would be, you know, 30 to 50 percent more performant than the Steam Deck is. So, um yeah, I, I could I could see that when you say when I first saw the steam machine thing that you had said, I wasn't in alignment until I saw that TDP number. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, that makes more sense for Deckard. Uh, but now that I'm looking at that that number, it still makes sense for Deckard at a lower TDP. But how high it can scale up to, I don't see a Steam Deck 2. I see a console that can just full power like you just go full TDP on there, you know, 40, 50 watts. And you're because you're on mains and not on battery, you don't have you don't care about battery life. You just have to worry about heat dissipation, which isn't also a problem at 50 watts. You know, you can still be relatively small. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm more in agreement now with you than oh, since that new bit of information has come up. Um, but, yeah, um, I didn't really like the Steam Controller one. Like I liked using it, but the how the protruding handles came out. Using it, I tried forcing myself to using it. Um, I I bounced off of that really quick. And I think if a Steam Controller 2, if they were, because you look at the Steam Deck, there's, uh, you know, there's a second analog stick. You know, there's there's other things that are, are there that I think are should be in a Steam Controller 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I can I can see that. And I'm hopeful for it. Yeah. The only issue, well, first off, you said, um, you know, that TDP number that you were looking at made you think not Steam, not Steam Deck 2, but yeah. b- because, you know, getting that much uh, wattage in a handheld, not a great idea. Uh, you know, the the battery requirements are going to be too much. The heat that it's generating is going to be too much. And that, that all of that kind of gets in the way of making a, a good portable system. But you're not saying that this is the only steam deck that we'll ever get. No, no, no. I, 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 for me, I think like when people think of like generational upgrades, I don't, first off, all the work that valve has been doing on steam OS has been upgrading steam deck proper Mm -hmm. prime. Like it, I, once February comes around, I'm going to be doing my one year look at things because you look at steam 3.4 with the, uh, allow frame tearing option that significantly reduced the total input latency. So I'm trying to get hardware that I can do this like official, uh, you know, like instead of me just trying to figure out when I press a button, like actually light up an led when a button is pressed and then count frames and stuff, do a little bit more official. Like, but even from my, like not great testing, it is 100% better. 100% better for that allow uh, ter- uh, frame tearing. And it's very difficult to actually 
perceive the frame tearing. Like I've seen it happen every now and again, but only in specific games. And because it's a, a portrait based screen, tearing happens vertically instead of horizontally. Right. So a horizontal tear, you know, because your eyes might be focused in the middle, you could see a horizontal tear. But a vertical tear, if it's on the left or the right, it's in your peripheral at that time. So it can obfuscate where you're focusing. Um, yeah, so for me, I don't personally think a Steam Deck 2 with the uh, Phoenix that is coming out, the successor to Van Gogh, makes any particular sense. You can run it at lower TDPs and still get, you know, 30 to 50% more performance. But, you know, there's people that are still waiting to have it in certain regions. I feel like there's like this distribution network that needs to be built up first and allow SteamOS to become this more mature platform. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it, RDNA 3 doesn't really extend ray tracing, the ray tracing abilities of RDNA 2 all that much. So if you look at it from a smaller scope, first RADV, the drivers that uh, Valve is using, that is going to be coming like uh, BVH and all that other ray tracing stuff will be getting enabled later on. But... Van Gogh doesn't have enough horsepower to actually do ray tracing. Like right. you will be using sub resolutions on sub resolutions and you're just going to have a poor experience. RDNA three AMD Phoenix is not going to help this in any meaningful way. So RDNA four, which would be a, a proper steam deck Two, at that point, you're going to have, you should, AMD should have more hardware based acceleration for these, um, feature, uh, ray tracing features. And then at that point you have, you know, a 2x increase plus much better ray tracing capability. Mm -hmm. I don't personally see it a Steam Deck 2 with this new new chip. It doesn't it doesn't I don't think it benefits Valve because it's it's all the people that were waiting and just recently got a Steam Deck and then they're like, "Oh, 3 months later a Steam Deck 2 is coming right. out." I think that people like their the perception of that is like, "Oh, well maybe I'll just wait for the Steam Deck 3 and I'll you know, I'll just keep waiting." I think that they need to Wait for generational bumps. However, with a Steam console, that could have it, especially with its high TDP. And Deckard, which could still benefit from low TDP side, mm -hmm. uh, I think those are two avenues that we would see Valve use this new chip, just not in a Steam Deck. Um, only because there's a lot of baggage there. And SteamOS by itself is still getting updates. Um, there's a lot of things like that. It's not... To a lot of people's, you know, points, compatibility on SteamOS isn't perfect. No. It's still going along. So, yeah, I, I mean, those are, those are my basic thoughts. I don't – I have no – this is all me speculating. I have no, like, inside knowledge of anything going on here. This is just me speculating. Um, but for Deckard and a console, when you said console, again, I don't – I didn't think it to be true. But then I'll send you the link so you can take a look at it. Um, but it, it clearly lists 35 watt as its base – TDP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I you you mentioned uh, compatibility and verification. <laughs> let's say that they and I've talked about this on on the show before, but let's say that they bring out this Steam console. How do they communicate verification? Uh, this is deck verified, and now this is console verified. Like that's going to be a mess, and I don't know how. They can solve that problem because it's all like this deck verified 
what happens when they bring out a Steam Deck 2 in a couple of years? Like, how does, like, this game runs great on the Steam Deck 2, runs terrible on the Steam Deck 1. Um, how many different color check marks can we have? Like, do you right. have any ideas there? That, you know, I think it's, um, I think Valve, at, at a core, at a foundational level, appreciates PC architectures in that they're, it's widespread. You can have any disparate mm-hmm. part of hardware and play PC games. And I think that the checkmark system is going to graduate into um, this works via the drivers and Proton as opposed to a performance metric. Ah, okay. Uh, that's my that's my kind of gut feeling is that, okay, yeah, this can run, but obviously it's a brand new game and you will need horsepower to run this at 4K. Like, you, you're not going to run this on even the um, Phoenix chip. It's not going to hit 4K anything. You're still going to be inside of an 800p uh, scope. Like, when I say 30 to 50% more performance, that's inside of 800p. It's not like we're graduating to any bigger resolutions. You can, but you're going to be trading that off with performance. So, um, yeah, it's it's still largely in this 800p area. So, for me, the Valve verification checkmark system is more of just, yes, it will run and it supports all of our Steam input, all that other stuff. You know, like font uh, changing stuff. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is going to be the actual checkmark is like quality of life as opposed to performance. Right. And then, and then I think that like maybe games would have to... We'll go back to the days when in PC gaming where you used to look at the side of the box and it would have the minimum the minimum required uh, specifications of your PC in order to run it. And then the recommended, uh, which are still like they're still on Steam. It'll tell you like what kind of hardware you need. Um, and then they can just add to that um, Steam Deck 2 uh, for uh, recommended and minimum yeah. requirements, Steam Deck 1 or maybe the 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 steam console uh, you know is is on there as well uh and i i think that valve needs a way to surface that information to the top a little bit better if they do what we're talking about anyway uh let's move on and uh you know this for those of you that don't know fox uses a lot of different hardware uh especially uh new portable hardware that, uh, you know, he, we were talking about Skyrim earlier. He has uh, 400 little mini consoles around his house in every bathroom uh, under the sink. Uh, wherever you go, if he opens up his trunk, there's 15 different consoles in there. Uh, and they're all connected to Xbox to play some Skyrim. Well, none of those won the Golden Joystick's best new hardware uh, but Steam Deck did. What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you You get to play with a lot of hardware. Do you think that there's anybody that comes close this year? Uh, e- yes, the answer is yes. But I still feel that the Steam Deck is not just the hardware, right? It's not just the hardware. It is Steam OS mm-hmm. and Steam OS for better, even without the compatibility. And, and there's a lot of people that will just like hard disagree. And they're like, no, I need 100% compatibility if I'm playing on PC, which means I need Windows. And Windows is this whole other bag of nuts that Windows on Steam, on the Steam Deck, Windeck, 
is not a great experience by any means. And there's like a big like to do. And I still have to make a video on myself to like kind of make that uh, in parity with what SteamOS is. Steam Deck with SteamOS is really what the sauce is, right? It The secret sauce is SteamOS and the constant updates of what they're getting quickly and easily going to like 40 hertz mode. On all of these other devices, I can force 40 hertz mode. And uh, like um, there's a dude in my the GPD Discord uh, called Cypher. He forced integer scaling on the GPD Win Max 2. Integer scaling is something that AMD supports, but not on their mobile stuff. So all laptops with AMD's Rembrandt 6800U, you go there, no integer scaling. You connect an external monitor. Oh, yeah, you can do integer scaling on the external monitor, just not the internal one. So we can always force things, but this is not – that's not a mainstream thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're like oh, yeah, just Yeah, like just, just do this reg edit and then you know do all this other stuff. And yeah, you can make it work. And yes, it feels great in the hand of all the different devices that are coming out. Uh, and yes, they are more powerful when you go over a, a particular TDP. But it, regardless of anything, the Steam Deck, especially the 400 dollars model – remains the value king and will remain the value king possibly into 2024. So I don't see any of these other hardware makers because they need to make money on the hardware itself being able to successfully compete in any meaningful way, but also customer support and all the other things like they're never going to get there. And the sales reflect that Mm -hmm. the sales reflect like they are still 5k digits like globally all across all of them. Um, so steam deck outsold them when they were just pre-orders, like all of them combined. Right. So yes, I, I totally, (laughs) the steam deck is again, the most console like experience. And that was like back in the preview days when I was just like, man, this is just relieving. Like, I don't have to like go and do like, I'm always like, Oh, let me go and do all my crazy nonsense that I have to do to get the most out of this thing. And I don't have to do that on Steam Deck. And it's just been getting better with Proton with how rapidly it um, kind of just works. It, yeah. You know, provided that the game works, it just works. I don't see anybody, anybody being able to compete with Steam Deck on price unless it's somebody like Epic Games who has their own store. They could make a device that would compete with the Steam Deck on price because they would then be able to make up that lost revenue on sales of games. None of the other um, devices out there have a store of their own, as far as I am aware, except for... No, none of them do. And so they can't hit that $400 price point and still have the power that the Steam Deck does. If they want to do the same thing that the Steam Deck does, they have to make it more expensive than the Steam Deck. And that's just the way that it works because valve can sell it at a, I, I believe that they're selling it at a loss. Yeah. It's, it's uh, if not a loss, they're selling it what they pay for it. Right. So they're not making any money on the steam deck whatsoever. It, it deserves all the praise that it, it gets. Um, I, I use the steam deck for local gaming. Mostly. I don't use it for cloud-based stuff, even though it can do it. And it does it really well. Like you get six hours, seven hours of battery life. When doing streaming on the Steam Deck. So you still get really good battery life on it uh, for streaming purposes. But I just enjoy it more when I'm playing PC games. And um, all of the compatibility layers that should be a performance negative wind up 
really streamlining stuff. And just the hardware itself, it runs games really nicely at 40 hertz. And then with the allow tear framing thing, it's just like you really have this really nice benefit of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I love SteamOS 3.4. I can't wait for that to become like just official mainline for everyone to just start experiencing that. But yeah, it deserves everything. It deserves everything it gets because, frankly, the Steam Deck is helping these other handheld makers sell more units. If they're drawing more attention to this. So I I think the only thing that you would probably see is like the GPD Win 4, which I don't have yet. Um, but that is something that is far smaller. Uh, a lot smaller. And mm-hmm. I think that would be the only hang-up that people have. But then when you get into it, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to pay $900 for this device. Eh. You know, like, yes, it's 20 to 30% more performance, but it's also going to be, you know, 30, 35% more expensive than the highest tier Steam Deck. Uh, so it's not like it comes for free. You're paying for that difference. Uh, and that, and then you talk about, like, well, what kind of support do I have? Oh, I have a problem. I have to send it back to China. And that's... <laughs> That's a problem. It it's you have to pay for shipping back to them. They'll pay for shipping back to you, but you're going to be waiting a month or two. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. And then if you want better support, you have to you know use like an Amazon seller or some of the other resellers. But then they bump the price up even more. So now you're just like it becomes this thing where it's just like okay, well I'll just get a Steam Deck. Um, I I totally get it. I totally get why it is, and it deserves everything. It's um. It's just a fantastic – it really is a fantastic device, and it deserves it. Yeah, and there's that combination of hardware and software uh, that that's just awesome. And I do think that there is room in the market for these other, other device manufacturers because they're going to keep upgrading to more and more powerful hardware. And if they're running SteamOS, then that's going to make their life easier – and Valve makes money either way. Uh, so Valve doesn't necessarily have to upgrade as often as everybody else. But I I still do see them doing a, a like a new Steam Deck every two years or so. And the reason why I see it like that is because PC games keep coming out and keep hitting that new power. It's not like on a console where, all right, this is our device and all these games are going to run on this device and we don't really have to worry about hardware at all uh, because everything is made for this device. Whereas in the PC world, the games are always pushing the envelope. And so you don't have as much time to sit and rest. Of course, the added benefit is backwards compatibility. Your library comes with you when you buy the new system anyway. Um, I don't think that when a Steam Deck 2 does come out, I don't think that that's for the people who bought a Steam Deck 1. I think that's for the people who waited. And when the Steam Deck 3 comes out, I think that's probably for the people who bought the Steam Deck 1. And, like, that's their upgrade path. Um, More like phones, where, you know, new phones come out every year. And I'm not going to buy the new one this year because I bought the new one last year. But that's that's just the way that I look at it. Um, You mentioned compatibility. And uh, this is very interesting. Pierre-Glou Graffai tweeted this out. He said, we just added a new Proton flavor called Proton Next. It will be available wherever there is a new major stable update of Proton to test. Currently live with Proton 7.02.5 containing the following changes. And then there's a bunch of changes in there that are essentially saying these games are now going to be playable. Uh, There's a bunch of fixes to make games 
that weren't working work better or that were working but weren't working as well as you'd like uh, better. So now we have Proton, Proton Next, Proton uh, Experimental, and then obviously third party, we've got Proton GE. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can try and get the compatibility layer to get your games running. Do you think that this is a major improvement or do you think that this is pretty much the same that we already have and they're just naming things differently? So for me, I think it's one of the core foundational things, again, is that Valve is okay with embracing uh, differences, even when it comes to hardware, but also allowing people to use other bits of software compatibility layers to do whatever they want. I personally believe that this is a very niche area mm-hmm. that this is only for the hardcore still and it's just going to be a small percentage of people that have steam decks that are entertaining these ideas they typically i like i mean most people are just going to press a on install mm-hmm. and go no one is going to go let me go into this and let me let me select proton next you may have some people that just bought a game and go why isn't this working and then see something that says oh make this proton next and then they'll do that to get it working, but they won't explore that option if it, if there's no friction. Right. Uh, So I think it's, I always like options are always the best thing, but um, I think that it's, it's going to get into nicher and nicher areas of like how far someone is willing to do something um, to extract whatever Um, that is like my whole bread and butter has, it's always been, but you know, it's a very niche area. It's a super niche area. I really um, like that that the Valve has done in the past, where they've auto selected the right proton for the game that you're playing. Uh, yeah. Where you launch a game and it's like, oh well, I'm going to use this version of proton because I know that on the main branch of proton it doesn't work right. Uh, yeah, and, and it automatically selects that. That's awesome. And somebody might say, well, why don't they do that for every game? Because they can't test every game. It's it's yeah. way too much. Uh, there's just like, I mean, just the Fox by himself has what you said, 10,000 Steam games. Yeah. Yeah. If he tested five games a day, well, he'd be here for a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things that um, one of Valve's uh, chief strengths is, uh, and this is something that Gabe Newell talked about decades ago, is that they realize that they can't compete with their community so they have to partner with their community they can't that's why the steam workshop exists that's why um steam forums exist steam guides exist all of those things are value add that their own customers are putting into steam and why epic games hasn't been doing well compared to steam because everyone actually wants all those features that Mm -hmm. steam provides and it's embracing the community to allow them to do this stuff. So, and you get, I don't know if you've ever gotten it, but at the, whenever you stop playing a game, you get this little thing is like, Hey, did this work good for you? Yes or no. I'm always like, yeah, that, you know, I just make sure that I give that little bit of feedback so that they have this mechanism internally that can try to automate, say, okay, he was using this build a proton and all this other stuff. Let's try to figure out if we can automate this layer via all these people playing. Um, so I think that's just the way forward and it's a, it's a, it's a learning process. It's not something that can be done in the beginning, maybe for newer beer games, they can do it, but right. for a whole bunch of games, they're going to have to rely on a learned model based on what people are playing and doing. 
Um, and that's fine. That That's just the, you know, a thing that everyone is just going to have to kind of agree with. Um, I, I mean, SteamOS doesn't have the best compatibility, but if you think about it from a preservation idea, like Windows is great in terms of legacy. Like if you think, if you, have you ever seen those videos where someone installed Windows 3.1, uh, 3.11 and just kept on upgrading mm-hmm. and they make a bunch of changes. So they go to Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows XP, and every upgrade, Windows was trying its best to keep all of the user settings the same. Right. Only until like Windows 8 did it actually fully break. Like things just like, no, no, it looks like this. But Microsoft does, Microsoft and IBM are two companies that do legacy very good. But even when they do legacy very good, there are things that do break, like DirectX 8 and uh, uh, DirectDraw. These are things that are getting old on the Windows side and stop working. They do work via Wine or Proton. So as a preservation layer, we should all collectively love SteamOS because it is a thing that is focusing on making sure that everything runs on modern hardware. Um, so that's why I, that's like a side thing that I'm just really happy that SteamOS exists. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that to wrap this up, the Proton Next is something that is awesome. And I'm glad that they're supporting it. I believe it's niche. But I love that that they support it, and that's it. I think the use of it is is niche, but as they over time, Steam Deck, the one that we have right now, is just going to keep getting better because they now like when it launched, they had X number of people who have had it in their hands. You can only do so much testing there. Now we have tons of them out in the wild people are trying so many different games and when they when they uh, i'm sure that the steam deck is communicating back to valve somebody tried this game and it crashed and it sent it probably automatically sends that crash file to valve so valve can try and do something about it and it's just going to keep getting better over time because of the community which is awesome that they can lean on that it's just really really great and we've seen it before with say the steam controller where they said, Hey, we can't make a layout for every single game. So you guys make a layout and share them. Now the ability for us to share layouts is kind of terrible. I like it. It's nice that we can, but it's not very intuitive and it's kind of hard to uh, find them or whatever uh, and, and find good ones. Cause a lot of them are like, Hey, I, I did a thing for 15 minutes and I, and then I'm sent and I uploaded it. And it's hard to find the good ones, but the fact that you can share them at all is huge. And I think that that kind of thing is going to continue to be what Valve does with SteamOS, including things like, you know, when you sit down and you play a game and you say, all right, I'm going to set this to 40 hertz. I'm going to turn these settings on, these settings off. Um, Make it so that we can share that. So yeah, that I can just find, oh, the Fox has a profile for uh, Fallout 4. All right, I'm going to use that profile. And that would that would really streamline things. Yeah, um, that was uh, to kind of call back to that. Before the Steam Deck came out, um, I actually reached out to Valve. And I was like, hey, are you guys going to support, you know, GP Frequency, this, that, and this, all the things that we already do in PC gaming handouts? And they were like, uh, yes, yes, we are. And I was like, cool, can I say that out loud? Can I make a video about that? And they're like, yeah. So I did before the Steam Deck came out. I made a video 
um, saying like, hey, they're going to support TDB control. They're going to support this. And wouldn't it be awesome since they already have Steam input mm-hmm. sharing? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could share this stuff? And m- the thing that I was trying to like kind of make sense of is that there are some safety barriers. Like you don't want someone to like just be an ass and be like, oh, let me set this to three watt TDP and upload this because oh, now it's going to yeah, run. That's true. Um, yeah, so there's, but there's no inherent danger. Like you can just say, Hey, run your GPU at 1600 megahertz, you know, 1.6 gigahertz and put TDP at its max. That's not going to damage the steam deck. Um, right. there is no, there is no potential damage there. You can just either make it very good or just be kind of an ass and just have that share just either be flagged as nonsense, um, or helpful. Right. But and as soon as you try it, you can be like, Oh, yeah. the Fox is trolling here. I'm gonna hit the yeah. I'm gonna hit the X button and say that and that flags it so everybody else. It's like a a thumbs down button on YouTube. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, to your point, Steam input needs something like that other than just download count. Right. Like when you're going, say, oh, that someone down like four thousand people downloaded this. Let me try this one because a lot of people are trying this one. Uh, I do think that there needs to be like a rating to uh, something, but um. Yeah, Steam Input's awesome. Like, to the degree of how much it is, just as a quick aside, uh, PlayStation 2 emulator, when I was doing my video for that, someone made a a custom config for Kingsfield, Kingsfield 4, because it still had um, just crazy nonsense. Like, you press L2 and R2 to, like, look up and down. Like, it was bad. It was very (laughs) cool thinking. Like, it wasn't using the right analog stick. So this guy, like, remapped all the buttons so that you it would operate like you would expect it to. Right. Uh, Just load that input, uh, and it worked perfectly. And I was like, oh, man, this is just for Kingsfield 4 for PlayStation 2 emulation only. Like, it's very, very specific, but it works perfect. Um, And thankfully, someone shared that. So it's awesome. Yeah, it is. All right. Listen, Fox. It's been an hour. I think it's time to wrap this up. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find all of your stuff? Uh, I'm on YouTube. Uh, my channel is called The Fox, The Fox, and that's where you can find me. P-H-A-W-X. Yeah, that's all correct. Right. All right. Uh, thanks so much for, for uh, hanging out with me, man. Uh, it was really fun. And uh, we'll get you in again sometime in the future, I hope. Really appreciate it.